Good morning, fellow redeemed, let us pray. O triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we thank and praise you for all the blessings you've showered down upon us to this very day through the work and persons of all you use to bring about the Reformation. We now ask you to sanctify us by the truth, for your word is the only truth in this crazy world. Amen. Less than a week away from an election, and we have heard plenty about the topic of freedom. Each side is painting the other candidate's side as somebody who's going to be a freedom taker. If you vote for this person, you're going to lose your freedoms. It's a very wise, very useful tactic, I would argue, because we sinful human beings, we love our freedoms, especially in this country, don't we? Freedom of the open road, freedom to bear arms, freedom to assemble with whomever we so choose. Martin Luther, the law student turned monk, turned leader of the Reformation, he was in search of a freedom also. But Luther's freedom that he was searching for, that he longed for, was much more important than the freedoms that I just mentioned. Luther was searching for a freedom from a conscience, that was damning and accusing him for everything that he had done wrong. Luther was in search for a freedom from the man-made rules and the untrue teachings that many men before him had come, come up with so that he could rest peacefully at night knowing that he was free from such things. Unfortunately for him, though, that took a while. But then, then he began to study the scripture more and more. And as he did, he found that he did have a freedom. He found that he had a freedom by abiding in the truth of Christ. We hear our text this morning. It's from the 8th chapter of St. John's Gospel, verses 31 and 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Jesus said that we have truth, and therefore we have freedom. But that freedom is not found in just any truth. No, if you want freedom for your heart, your soul, and your mind, it can only be found in freedom by his truth. And so what does that exactly mean for the believer? Well, it means as a believer, you have freedom from others. As Christians, you and I, we shouldn't worry about and be concerned about and consumed with what other people think and say about us, but rather, we should have more concern and worry about what God says and thinks about us. But that's not always the easiest thing, is it? No, many of us have lived a life, many of us have done something in our life, because we were worried about what other people were going to think or say about us. And so now, now you've given into peer pressure and you've done something that you shouldn't have done, but you did simply because you were more interested and worried about 
what a fellow sinful human being thought of you versus what, what your God in heaven thinks of you. The English writer H.G. Wells is once to have said this. Maybe you've heard this before. The trouble with so many people is that the voice of their neighbors sounds louder in their ears than the voice of God. As a believer, it also means today that you have freedom from self. Sometimes our self is the biggest enemy that we face on a daily basis. We give into our sinful flesh's carnal wants and desires again and again. We follow in the footsteps of our first parents and we take what we want when we want, even when we're told no, no differently than Adam and Eve did in the garden. And if that's not a struggle for you, maybe, maybe you struggle with self like, like Luther did. Maybe even as you're sitting here right now, you are beating yourself up from, for some past sin and you are still continuing to carry around that guilt and shame that you have, even though that sin has been washed away by the blood of Christ as soon as you confessed it. When we are weighed down by guilt and shame, you and I, we often, we forget that Jesus has power to give us in his word and in his sacrament. Power that rejuvenates us, that forgives us our sins, that gives us freedom, and that recreates us. As believers, it also means that you and I, we have freedom from sin. And what greater freedom is then than, than that? Because the truth is this, Paul says, the wages of sin is death. We sin not only when we want to, but you and I, we sin even when we don't want to. And when it comes to your sins of habit, of self-indulgence, of weakness, of addiction, of irritabilities, they master you, as they do me. And try as we like, we cannot break free from their chains. No, we are slaves to our sins. And left unchecked, my friends, the truth is this. The truth is that our souls would die. We would lose the freedom that we have in eternity. And you and I would be relegated to suffering as slaves in hell. John, writing in his epistle, says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But thanks be to God on this Reformation Eve that St. John does not leave us there with just that truth of Scripture. But rather, he goes on and he gives us that even greater truth that sets you and me free. John continues in his epistle and he says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, this was the truth that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was referring to when he spoke these words. This was the truth that Luther found and rediscovered in the Reformation and then preached and then proclaimed so that it would never, ever be lost again like it had once before. Jesus, in his life of truth, in his holy death on the cross, well, he freed you from what others think. He's given you freedom from what others say about you, from yourself, and from sin. 
Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the, the one who shed the blood that he had running through his base, veins, that word of truth in the flesh that we speak of, he has freed you and me from the slavery of sin and death and hell, and he's opened up the kingdom of eternal life in truth to everybody who believes. And so in faith, my friends, Christ's life and death are yours, and you, you have freedom in his truth. And on this day, this Reformation Eve service day, maybe the freedom that you and I need to walk out the doors with and appreciate the most is that freedom from fear. An argument can be made that Luther truly cherished that freedom. Because Luther at one point lived in so much fear that he was consistently losing sleep because of guilt and shame. He, he suffered physically and mentally out of fear because he had this idea in his head that he was a horrible person serving an unruly God that was nothing more than a taskmaster. But again, as soon as he began to abide in the word of God, he rediscovered the freedom he had in Christ's truth. And we see that in his life, then fear pretty much went away from him. See, that's how you and I, my friends, that's how we should be. Each of you has that same freedom of fear by faith in Christ. That freedom you have when you abide in God's word. You needn't fear death in hell because Jesus has conquered them with his life and death of truth. You needn't fear who wins the election next week, Tuesday, because you know what? When you wake up the next day, everything's actually still going to be the same. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And you needn't fear walking through this life or facing the problems that you face alone and by yourself. No, folks, truth be told, your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, walks with you every step of the way in his means of grace. Where he is there every single day, no matter what you're facing, he is there to strengthen you, to help you, to provide for you, and to send his angels to watch over you. Until that time, he frees you bodily from this world of tears and all the problems you face. To be with him forever in heaven. Because by faith you have freedom in his truth. To our God be the glory. Amen. Please rise. This morning in our prayers we keep in mind the family of John Logging. His father-in-law Mike Winkles has been found with cancer about a month ago. And now the family has been informed that he's expected to be called home to heaven today. So let us pray for the family. Merciful Father in heaven, God of all truth, we commend Mike now into your gracious keeping, for you have redeemed him. Guard and shield him from all the powers of darkness as he walks through this valley of the shadow of death. Grant that he may fall asleep in peace and awaken to the bright joy of your eternal presence. Lord, we also ask then that you would watch over and be with the family during this time. 
reminding them and comforting in them in the hope of the blessed resurrection that we have for all who fall asleep in your name. O ascended Lord, who as the word of truth came to dwell among us, that we might know the love of the Father, lead us ever into a deeper want of scripture and understanding by the blessed guidance of the Holy Spirit, that we learn again and again of the freedom from sin and the law that your gospel has brought us, and that we increase more and more by abiding in your word so that we may live a life to your glory through a willing service to our fellow man and woman. We ask all this in your name, along with the Father and the Holy Spirit, who are one God with dominion over us forever. Amen.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with you all. Go in peace. Amen.